Afroverdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Welcome to today's episode of the Afroverdict podcast as we explore the growing interest in nuclear energy in Africa and the cooperation between Russia, specifically Rosatom, and African nations in this sector. Nuclear energy has been a topic of discussion in Africa for some time now, with several nations actively exploring the source of power to meet their growing energy demands. Rosatom, a Russian state corporation headquartered in Moscow that specializes in nuclear energy, nuclear non-energy goods and high-tech products, has been one of the most significant players in Africa's nuclear energy scene, with several nuclear power projects already in progress across the continent. So in this episode, I'm joined by Ryan Collier, CEO of Rosatom Central and Southern Africa, as we delve into the intricacies of this cooperation between Russia and Africa in the nuclear energy sector, exploring its potential benefits for the content, while also examining the future of nuclear energy in Africa. Ryan, welcome to Afroverdict. Thank you very much, Victor. It's good to be here. Really appreciate your time. Let's start with the benefits that Ross Atom's nuclear cooperation has brought to the African countries which it has partnered with. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's probably best to start with our flagship project, which is um, the nuclear power plants under construction in Egypt. Um, so that's a very large 4,800 megawatt power plant that uh, is already under construction. Um, on the continent, um, and then obviously, you know, we've we've have signed various memorandums of understanding, uh, various intergovernmental agreements across the continent, and uh, in general, um, one of the first things that has unlocked is human resource development. So we've got a, a large number of African students um, that are currently studying on full bursaries in in Russia at the moment. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what are the long term implications of Russia's nuclear cooperation with African countries, specifically for energy security and development in the regions? Sure. I think I think one of the first things that you need to point out when looking at a, a nuclear new build and particularly for a newcomer country is that uh, nuclear is not something that happens overnight. Um, there's quite a long process that needs to be followed in terms of the International Atomic Energy Agency's key milestone approach. Um, and that can take a number of years. Um, and that really just is to make sure that when nuclear is implemented, it's done in a safe and, and effective manner. Um, but going forward, I think, you know, we've got a continent that is really starved for for energy. Um, and, and this lack of energy sort of hampers industrialization and obviously hampers economic growth. Um, and, you know, there's, there's still a large percentage of the African population that unfortunately do not have access to, to simple electricity. Um, so, so really, I think, you know, Africa is a continent that greatly needs large scale energy rollouts. Um, and I think that is, is where nuclear really fits in. Nuclear is an affordable and it's a sustainable and it's an environmentally um, source of baseload energy, which you can essentially grow your economy on. Tell me, how does Ross Atom's nuclear cooperation with African countries differ from its cooperation with other regions in the world? Um, I would say that every 
every country is is very specific um and you know rosatom really is a a company that tailor makes its uh, solutions um for its partners right so we don't just offer a standard solution um we work with our partners understand the pe- the peculiarities of a particular country um and really tailor the way that we work with them around that so i would say that um in africa we we work very differently even within africa with different african nations in terms of of what is required um from them okay okay so it's more of a person to person sort of approach but on a larger scale than country to country absolutely all right absolutely to what extent has uh, ross atoms nuclear cooperation with african countries been affected by geopolitical dynamics or competition even with other global powers Uh, I would say that in Africa, um, you know, we've got historic um, uh, ties between Africa and Russia. Um, so I think in Africa for us, we haven't really seen many issues, to be quite honest. Um, you know, I suppose some of the, the, the more basic ones, maybe some financial mechanisms and some logistics, but these are all things that we're very quickly able to solve. Um, so in terms of, you know, continuing our work with our local partners, um, that hasn't stopped at all. And all of our nuclear new builds, bar one in Europe, are going ahead um, swimmingly well. And is Ross Atom keeping up with the competition or is it sort of... Uh gaining ground or losing ground i would say that we're still the number one vendor in the world in terms of the construction of nuclear power plants so you know we really are the leader when it comes to to the nuclear power industry and i don't think that will change um you know we're very confident in terms of our technology which is generation 3 plus it's top of the it's top of the range um and what really differentiates us is that we are able to offer you know full turnkey solutions to our clients and and we work with them from the very beginning with human resource development public awareness all the way through to the construction and then all the way through to decommissioning so you know we're a company that once we form a partnership it's a 100 year partnership um and I, i think that's really our strong point does that does that give you an advantage over say energy companies from western countries i would believe so yes all right all right you mentioned that rosatom is building a, a nuclear power station in egypt what are some other notable examples of rosatom's cooperation with african countries So like I said we've signed a number of inter- intergovernmental agreements um we have signed an, a contract in um uh, Zambia to build a research reactor along with um a number of laboratories nuclear medicine center and a um multipurpose radiation facility that's called the Center for Nuclear Science and Technology and we're moving forward um with CNST uh feasibilities in a number of 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 partner countries at the moment so i believe that um you know beyond just the the um um electricity we are also able to offer our clients benefits in terms of of nuclear medicine um and multipurpose radiation centers which are able to um irradiate food stuffs and and medical equipment and extend the shelf life dramatically. Oh that's excellent. I think that's something that the world really needs especially now. I also heard of the the, the Rysotope project Rosatom yes. was involved in. Yeah, very very good smart initiative. Yeah, absolutely. 
an exciting project, innovative. Yeah, it is. Uh, maybe you could just explain to our listeners what it's all about, uh, so I don't take the floor from you. Yeah, sure, no problem. So, I mean, essentially, we participated in the first phase of the Rysotope project, which was sort of testing how we could put uh, radioactive, very small amounts of radioactive material into the horns of rhino. Um, and really what that does is it was to deter poaching of rhino. Um, obviously, you can't move radioactive material across borders. I mean, all borders have portal monitors, and the first thing they pick up is radioactive material. And, and there's no reason anyone should be uh, carrying industrial isotopes across borders. So really it was to a, a detection mechanism um, to, to stop the, the transports of illegal or illicit rhino horn. Uh, so very innovative project. It's continuing um, and we will hope to, to be involved in it further again. No, excellent. Um, has it brought around any results yet or are they still to be sort of expected? So the, the results of the phase that we were participating in were very positive. So we learned that um, we put in a, a um, um, stable isotope into the horns of two rhino, Igor and Denver, um, and they were then monitored for a number of months. And what we found was that there was no travel of the material from the horn into the animal, um, and that the isotope would cause the animal no harm. Um, so that was a very, very important step of the project. Um, and since then, a large amount of 3D modeling has been done. Uh, there's a lot of work that's been done in terms of material sciences, of the type of pin that would be used to irradiate and go into the rhino's horn. So a great deal has been done. And I believe the next phase would actually be sort of a pilot phase where they would put radioactive um, isotopes into a number of rhino and monitor them for an extended period. Okay, no, that's great. Let's just hope that it all really goes well because eh? poaching is a is a serious problem that the world faces today in general. Indeed. Yeah, jumping back to the the energy sector and still sort of remaining on the topic of results, what results has Ross Atom achieved in contributing to Africa's energy problems? Do, uh, are there any well, like, specific milestones that Rosatom has achieved? Any projects that it has completed that are, you know, sufficiently contributing to to the energy demand? Well, I, like I said, our flagship uh, project is obviously in Egypt, and that will contribute a substantial amount, four thousand eight hundred megawatts, um, in the, in the next couple of years. So. Um, I believe that would be our flagship energy project. Um, and then we are now working on various different solutions for, for African nations. A very exciting one for me is our floating nuclear power plant offering. Um, so that really is something that I believe will, will make a dramatic difference on the continent. Great, great. Uh, what are some potential areas for further cooperation and partnership between Rosatom and African countries? Um, I would say that um, in the medical space, it is going to be a very important one. Uh, nuclear medicine is something that is used um, in, in the developed worlds um, very often. And I think it's around 60 or 70% of all cancer um, treatments 
is now nuclear medicine. Um, and, and it's sorely lacking, unfortunately, on the African continent. And I think there's something that really needs to be done about that. Um, so we're now working very closely with uh, various ministries of health across the continent. And we hope to implement um, a number of nuclear medicine facilities in the short term. That's great. That's great. Ryan, thanks a lot for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and the insight you've provided us with. Really hope that uh, Ross Atom will continue helping out African countries in all these areas. Victor, thank you very, very much for having me today and for the, for the discussion. If you have just joined or decided to listen to the podcast from the middle, which I sometimes do myself, then I've just spoken to Ryan Collier, CEO of the Regional Division for Southern and Central Africa of Rosatom, a Russian state company that provides nuclear energy solutions. We went into the details of Rosatom's projects on the African continent and discussed how the company can help African countries satisfy their energy demand. Now, we've spoken to a representative of a company and that's all good and well. But what if we were to zoom out and look at the nuclear energy sector through a wider lens? How is Russia working together with African countries in this sphere? And most importantly, does Africa benefit from this cooperation? Let's welcome Princess Mtombeni, a nuclear communication specialist, founder and head of Africa for Nuclear a platform dedicated to nuclear advocacy, awareness and progress. Princess Molo, thanks for joining me today. Let's talk about the benefits African countries can find in nuclear energy and more specifically in the cooperation with Russia in this area. Well, first and foremost, um, African continent has been suffering for energy poverty for a very long time. So energy poverty remains one of the major challenges that face this continent. We have so many people, over 600 million people who do not have access to electricity and over 900 million people who do not have access to clean cooking. So the benefit really with working with Russia is that they are bringing to us a solution that is not only um, in economically viable, but also that is um, sustainable in, in a longer term. So I think that's the benefit. Nuclear remains um, one of the powerful sources that would contribute a lot in terms of um, solving many problems that face this continent, including uh, inequality, poverty and underdevelopment. What are some of the long-term implications of nuclear energy cooperation between Russia and African countries for energy security and development in the region? I think that um, Africa really, um, it would help because it, it would mean that as a continent or African nations, we are now less dependent on uh, the aid from the Western nations and therefore um, the, the influence that these nations bring on the African continent would um, rather be minimal, if I should say so myself. So I, I do believe that uh, this continent needs to uh, rid itself of being uh, what a 
that child that needs to, to to be saved by everyone else around the world. So um and, and and so people think when they I mean many people when they think about Africa or when you start mentioning the word Africa, all they think is poverty stricken people who are destitute, people who cannot do anything for themselves. So I do believe that um it would help us to rid ourselves of uh being special kids that need to be saved all the time. But uh we'll definitely mean that we have really saved ourselves and um, for even future generations to come. Thanks a lot. How can cooperation between Russia and African countries, South Africa in particular, ensure the latter's energy sovereignty? I think um, nuclear energy, honestly, um, in, in my own view, it can contribute to energy uh, sovereignty because it offers the reliable base load power clean power source um that is independent really because if you if you take a look at it let um not that i'm making a fair comparison but it's something it's a comparison that has to be made if you look at the issues of um development or industrialization um you need when you take re- uh, renewable energy sources uh, components um the they they really the, the solar the, the solar panels and the wind turbines uh, they are not manufactured really in south africa so it means they they get uh, we have to get them uh, from somewhere else meaning that the jobs are created in that country where they they manufacture these solar panels and wind turbines but there's something uh, different with nuclear because you you build a nuclear power plant within in a country and 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 using the skills that is in the country most of it, not all of it, um, but you use mostly the skills that are in a country and the, the economic spin of happens in that country and, and not somewhere else. So I do think that that for me would mean uh, would contribute a lot in, in, in countries being not only energy uh, independent, but also, uh, you know, the economy uh, would really uh, be impacted in a positive way. Recently, Western countries and the United States in particular, actually, have expressed their interest in undertaking nuclear energy projects on the African continent. And in this regard, what advantages do Russia's nuclear technology and expertise offer African countries vis-a-vis cooperation with the West? I wasn't aware that the Western countries are offering nuclear energy solutions in in Africa. That's the first time I hear about it. If that indeed is the case, then I'm happy. And um, because it would mean that we are going to uh, diversify our energy sources. We're not only going to depend on nuclear from uh, one country, which is Russia, but uh, others will also come and play in, in the space because that that's what we're really about. We are not uh, about choosing one over another person. As long as the solutions uh, that m- make economic sense to us, we should be able to uh, partner uh, with just about anyone. But what the Russians bring, uh, really, it's something that is known globally, that Russians are the powerhouse of the space, of the nuclear space. They are leading in this, They want, they, or, or rather they're one of the leaders in nuclear energy, uh, te- uh, in nuclear technology um, 
development. And, and so also what they are bringing, for me, I, I'm looking at what the Western nations have been doing, uh, which is, uh, you know, when you when you when you partner with them like let's, especially um the world economic banks because we we use mostly the their banks is is that you you also like get a bit scared of you know being sanctioned when things don't go according to their way whereas i i believe that with russia that would be something different we would be able to negotiate the payment terms and unlike that when we no longer can afford to pay somebody else uh, will sanction us or things you know the 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 deals will now be uh, you know have shenanigans so i think that um, the russians bring the expertise best they are best in the world expertise in terms of nuclear technology but also they bring um sort of better financial models Nkosi princess so currently we are living in a world that is changing so fast and it's literally hard to keep up with and the geopolitical context seemingly has never ever been more complicated than it is now what actually affects nuclear energy cooperation between Russia and African nations. Um yes you correct uh, by mentioning the geopolitical space which really is the major thing that affects the, the the nuclear development or cooperation between Russia and African nations is that uh for a very long time as i said uh, we have been uh, working with the western nations of which now uh, when the political landscape um, changed altogether it, it 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 affected many countries like in the world not only african countries uh, but also what affects uh, the cooperation is that um the the influence number one i think that what russians have not mastered especially in terms of uh, doing uh, business on the african continent is that um, africa has indigenous people and 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 to be quite honest indigenous people in africa are the ones that at least show support or show support to to Russia but then when you look at um at least the the, the companies russian companies that uh, we know on the african con- uh, are based um in africa you you hardly find that they have been fully integrated in the space or in in the um like uh, communities um, for instance if if Russians were to build a nuclear power plant what what people are, are scared of is that will the russian companies employ black or indigenous indigenous people uh, on the african continent because we have not seen them doing so and also will they do business uh, with uh, indigenous people but also most importantly are they willing to help the african nations to um what what would i call um with their economic uh, economic transformation policies to make sure that they help these uh, governments to implement the the transfor- the transformation the economic transformation within these countries because um that that's what these countries uh, are fighting for really is the equality and that equality would mean that everyone who wants to come and do business 
on the African continent, they consider the indigenous people uh, doing business, either doing business with them and also employing them, not just in uh, you know low positions, but also in strategic positions. So I think those are two things I would uh, say it would affect Russia in most and things that I have uh, seen being discussed rather on social media to say people are very concerned on um, Russians not really fully integrating with indigenous people and doing business with them and employing them. And what are some of the notable examples of nuclear energy cooperation between Russia and African countries that have already taken place? The first one, I mean, it's Egypt, because currently Russians are building a nuclear power plant in Egypt. And that nuclear power plant will also um, incorporate the seawater desalination, which is um, really a another challenge on the African continent that we need to sort out, uh, things such as water scarcity and nuclear solutions they bring that uh, part of technology where we can just desalinate um uh, or turn seawater into drinkable water so i think um that that is for me a tangible example that we are witnessing happening right now and in our lifetime and i can't wait for you know, another country to also make a decision to say in 2024, 2025, we are building the nuclear power plant uh, with Russia. And also, um, you know, we are also, you know, get, getting involved in other projects such as, you know, when uh, th- there was a project which is it was close to my heart, a project of, um, you know, what um what 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 did it call you know slag ash where you 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 oh no it's not that one there was a project which um I, I thought of the other time or the, the the waste to energy project because Russia also they really have the best technology when it comes to waste to energy and uh, so we are not just talking only nuclear now we're talking about other technologies that russia is best at which is the uh, waste to energy plant uh, that they can also build here and uh, yeah those so those those are projects that i can think um are tangible and uh, yeah i can't wait for more projects that um russia can partner us partner with us on Okay, and apart from waste to energy conversion, what are some potential areas for further cooperation and partnership between Russia and African states in the future, of course? Some cooperation, you know, Russia is very, okay, I am a communication person, so I cannot really close this call without talking about effect, the importance of effective communication, especially with Russians, uh, uh, taking into consideration the the reputation that uh the country is facing right now, which is slowly, you know, getting negative. I think they need effective communication. And they also, what, 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 okay, what, okay, there's something I want to talk about after, but what they can also uh, partner with Africa on uh, beside the waste to energy project is that uh, they are good in communication. I've been to Russia many times. I, I think they, they they are best when it comes to, you know, coming up with effective communication campaigns. But those campaigns are designed for, you know, Russian 
countries, uh, which I think if they spread them across the African continent, they partner with uh, advocates or even communicators to say, uh, how then do we build Russian reputation on the African continent? And and, and which would really include going massive on, uh, on, on these communication campaigns, including the corporate social investment part of it, because you cannot win the hearts of people if you are not investing in their communities. And this is what Africans believe in humanity to say, you cannot only show us that um, you care just because you now want to do business, but you also need to go into community and do the CSI projects and 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 and, and, and really um, show that as, as a country, you are, not only here for for your benefits, but also to help these countries, you know, and 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 it's and people that and and people to to grow and and be sustainable. So effective communication, uh, which include corporate social investment, and uh, which are really for me small pro- uh, projects compared to such uh, projects such as waste to energy or seawater desalination and, and other huge uh, mega investment projects. Okay, okay. And I think there was something else you wanted to talk about. Uh, you said that you'll talk about this later. Okay, yeah. But I, I think this has been happening already and we have to commend Russia for this, uh, for partnering with some of the African countries such as Rwanda, South Africa, Zambia, I think, where they take um, graduates to go study in Russia, especially in the fields of nuclear. Uh, so I think that has been happening and it, 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 I, I hope it continues uh, because it's very, very important. Um, we need to build skills on the African continent. We need, uh, but building skills would also mean that, because I spoke to someone who currently studies in Russia. She's from Zambia. She's worried that what happens then when I finish studying because no projects at home. So it would mean that you partner with a country and then you come and implement uh, these projects, but then you use the people that uh, you have, you know, help uh, build their skills. You know, if people studied in Russia and then suddenly they're working in a Russian nuclear project, how good would that be? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm a student myself and I've spoken to a vast number of students asking them about their future plans. And I found that so many of them have absolutely no clue where to go after they complete their education. And like you said, studying in a field and knowing that once you're done, your skills, your knowledge and expertise, all of that is sought after and you already have a spot there reserved for you. So to the listeners that are young and looking for university to apply to, check out opportunities Russia offers for they are numerous, they are diverse and they are literally amazing. Princess, it was my absolute pleasure having you on the Afroverdict podcast. You've stated a number of important points, I believe, that truly set the misconceptions about nuclear energy straight. And what you said about the advantages cooperating with Russia in the nuclear energy sector has. I mean, if this country offers so much potential and expertise, and like you said, they are the best in so many nuclear energy dimensions, why not partner up with the best? You know what I mean? Uh, Ryan from Ross Atom also listed brilliant examples of Russia physically creating nuclear energy infrastructure that directly fulfills energy demands of African countries. 
And well, I mean, I'm sure we will see deeper cooperation in the close and distant future between uh, this nuclear powerhouse in the north and different regions of Africa. To our listeners, in case you missed any part of today's episode of AfroVerdict, don't worry. You can always catch up on popular podcasting platforms, including Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, CastBox, and AfriPods. For the latest highlights on significant events happening across the continent and globally, visit our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account, and other social media, the links to which you will always find below. If you don't like constantly tapping links and opening new tabs on your device, then just do yourself a favor, download the Sputnik Africa application. It's user-friendly and will also save you both time and effort. That's all for today's episode and I really look forward to seeing you all next time. Have a great weekend. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.